Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. Well, I guess it's good morning here in the Great White North still. Not quite noon in uh, on the East Coast, but it's time for another one, another great episode of White Men Can't Score today. Crazy H, baby. Our eighth episode. Uh, another unbelievable week in NHL hockey. Uh, so we're starting to see some eliminations. Some teams starting to show their power, and a few more starting to show why they're going to be has-beens again for another year. So let's have a look at what went down over the weekend. Um, Two teams wiped out four straight. The mighty Vegas Golden Knights behind the awesome goaltending of Marc-Andre Fleury, ex-Penguin, ex-Stanley Cup winner. Uh, they took it to the Kings four straight, as I said. Uh, L.A. couldn't score uh, three goals in uh, four games. Not going to get her done. Um, not that Vegas lit the lamp on a crazy amount either. They only scored seven times. But they did what they had to do to win, and they're moving on. A um, few thoughts about this series. Uh Damn, the Vegas Knights are a well-balanced hockey team. I never would have thought, even after their success in the regular season, that uh, they were as balanced as they are. They're going to be trouble for whoever gets to play them. Uh, The L.A. Kings. Time for a look in the mirror, boys. Uh, A team built for a little bit heavier style of hockey. Uh, So, consequently... Uh, not quite as uh, fast, not quite as puck-moving a team as some of the other ones in the league. Uh, and it showed they couldn't, uh, they just couldn't score. And not enough firepower. Um, they got a great goalie. He, he kept a minute. Uh, defensively, I mean, obviously, they only give up seven goals in four games. It's nothing to... Less than two to a game, and most 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 days and most series you take that. Um, there again, you know, Drew Doughty, Jake Muzzin, basically the engine that runs that team. Uh, the Kings have got a decision to make. They got to Doughty up for one more year, and then he's a UFA, and they're going to have to decide whether they're going to try to build a team around him. Still, I think he's going to be. Uh, Pushing thirty, if not thirty, or they're going to sign him to the you know the mega deal, and hope that uh, his skills don't uh, deteriorate as he gets older, and they usually do to some degree, and that they're not on the hook for some ridiculous, uh, you know, ten million dollar cap hit in year eight of a you know an eight year contract or a six year contract or one of those crazy NHL general manager. Not job contracts that they send to sign, tend to sign those guys to. Um, my personal opinion is I'd trade him now while he's good and get what I could for him and go for a rebuild. But that's me because um, I think their style of hockey is uh, done there. And uh, they're not going to be able to compete with the kind of team they got. They're going to have to change their uh, their approach. Uh, also in the West, the San Jose Sharks 
Check out the ducks from Anaheim in four straight. Uh, this really wasn't uh, as close. The middle games weren't that close. We had an 8-1 blowout in there. So, you know, outscored 16-4 to in a four-game series. Not so good. Uh, the Sharks' goaltending was superb. They got the goals from the guys, you know, Couture and and his his cohorts. They did what they needed to do. The Ducks, on the other hand, um, John Gibson wasn't horrible, but he wasn't great, particularly the 8-1 game. And uh, they, too, found out that they just do not have the horses anymore. Uh, they're also a team now that's going to have to have a long look at um, do we keep our core together at the money they're making, a la um, Getzlaff, Perry, Kessler, uh, those kind of guys? Or do we throw her into rebuild mode and try to, uh, particularly in my opinion, Corey Perry, who seems to have really declined in the last couple of years, um, I don't know if he's got injuries built up or if those wheels are just tired or what it is, but uh, he definitely uh, has uh, went backwards in the progress department, and he took some penalties in the, in this series that were just head scratchers even for Corey Perry. Um, they've got uh, Ryan Kessler, who by all accounts is being held together by string, so he's another one you got to look at. Um, their defense is pretty old. Uh, there again, there's another team that they're, you know, they're going to try to patch it together for another year, or they're going to go into rebuild mode. Uh, I'm going to guess they try to patch it together, although, again, it's not what I would do. I would uh, I would go for the rebuild myself. Uh, but they won't, because, well, that's what teams do. Uh, the other two series in the West, last night the Predators uh, <clears throat> put a stick in the Avalanche and finished them off. Uh, four games to two for Nashville. Uh, pretty good series. Uh, we, saw, uh, we saw a little bit of why a lot of people think Nashville should go to the Cup. And in the same breath, we saw a little bit of why they might not. As uh, the young boys from Colorado uh, held in there pretty pretty good, except for last night's game. Games were all pretty close. Um, there was a bit of uh, uh, concern on the Nashville side though, after they lost game five. Like I said, they came out in game six and really put it to them, but... Um, they showed they were mortal and uh, could be defeated, despite uh, the hype. Uh, 22 goals in uh, six games is pretty good, although they gave up 15, which is maybe a few more than they'd like. Um, what can you say about the Colorado Avalanche from absolute garbage last year? six games against a Stanley Cup favorite. Um, if whoever's running that team, I believe it's I believe it's Joe Sackick, I want to say, search general manager. 
Oh, they they just they just need a goalie, and I don't know what they would have done to Nashville if their goalie would have been healthy. I mean, they were playing Jonathan Bernier, Toronto cast off from years ago. No offense to Jonathan Bernier, but not a number one goalie in in the playoffs. And then the last two games, they went with Andrew Hammond, who I, I believe he had played one game, one start the whole season. And he got him. He did get him a win in Game Five. On top of it, so you know, they, they got a they got a lot of young uh, players, a lot of good young players. Um, if they run that team right, they should be looking at some some playoff success. Um, on the Nashville side, as usual, uh, Peckin Rene, if he stands on his head, plays his his game, they win. When he doesn't, they're in trouble. Um, Nashville's got probably the best defense in the league. Um, but on a personal note, I'd like to punch P.K. Subban right in the face. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen a guy who, um, I mean, he's a hell of a talent, but uh, can't keep the mouth and the dirt and dirty plays and then whine and whine and whine. Like, I just hate that kind of player. Go out there, take your shots. That's fine. Give your shots back. That's fine. But I mean, he out and out punched Nathan McKinnon in the back of the head, and then went on television and said he'd do it again because he didn't really see what the problem was. And yet, if somebody was to make that play on him, he'd be screaming like a little baby. And I hate that kind of player. I know why they do it. It's all part of mind games and psychological and all that stuff. But I don't like it. I, th- I think it's the poor man's way to play the game. But that being said, the Predators still won 4-2. Um, looking good moving into the next round. Uh, the last series in the West, the Winnipeg Jets against the Minnesota Wild. The Jets put an end to that on Friday night with a decisive 5 nothing victory. Um, this one really wasn't that close, even though uh, Minnesota did get a win. Um, that was the uh, much-talked-about travel game where Winnipeg flew all the way to uh, or near to Minnesota and couldn't land and had to go all the way back to Winnipeg and then fly again. So they were a little messed up. Uh, Winnipeg has got an excellent squad. Um, they got everything. If everything's clicking, they're going to be hard to beat. But I believe they get to play, if I'm not mistaken. Actually, to be honest, I'm not sure what the matchups are. Uh, we got now. I mean, we got coming out of the West. We got Nashville, uh, Vegas, Winnipeg, and um, San Jose. So I'm not sure who's playing who. That's uh, inside the division. Uh, we'll figure that out afterwards because I'm not sure. Um, going over to the east, Tampa Bay, uh, New Jersey. Uh, Lightning uh, get her done on uh, Saturday, finish that series off four games to one. Um, never in doubt, but not as uh, big a route as uh, anyone would have expected, I think. In fact, I thought New Jersey might actually have a chance to beat Tampa Bay. And uh, they weren't blown out, just not enough firepower to uh, 
to compete with uh, that Tampa Bay offense. And if their goaltending is decent, uh, they're 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 just tough to beat because they keep scoring. You know, again, another team with uh, 18 goals in five games. You know that's that's a tough. You know, if the other teams here, you're getting full, giving up four a game. <laughs> you know you got to score five a game, and in the playoffs, this is not that easy. So uh, full marks to Tampa Bay. Uh, Nikita Kucherov, in particular, played really well, minus his. Uh, Cheap shot. I believe that was in game four. But, you know, that, that shit happens. So what are you going to do? Um, yeah, kudos to uh, Tampa Bay. They look good. Uh, Washington. Oh, no, let's, let's leave Washington. Uh, let's go to the ones that are finished. Uh, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Let's talk about this series. On Sunday, uh, yeah, yesterday, the Penguins in Philadelphia played one of the stranger playoff games I've seen in a while. Uh, twice, Philadelphia had two goal leads. Uh, the score was actually 4-2 to two for Philadelphia at one point, And the score ended up 8-5 for Pittsburgh. Um, the Penguins score... Uh, what, 27 goals? 28 goals? 7, 8, 13... 18, 20. They scored 28 goals in six games. That's four and a half a game, almost five. Uh, the Flyers, on the other hand, they put up uh, 15 goals in six games. Not even two and a half. We can see how they. We see how this ends, right, people? Uh, Incredibly gutsy performance by Sean Couturier of the Flyers, who it turns out had a tour MCL, but played anyway. In the last game, he had five points in the last game. So, fucking hats, hats off to that. That is a hell of a gutsy performance. Big balls there. But the Flyers goaltending. Good God. Just when they needed to save something. Keep that momentum rolling. The puck is in the net. Uh, last night, or afternoon, Jake Gensel scored four goals in a row. How does that happen? Like, once a guy scores, let's say, okay, anybody can get the first one. But maybe the second one. But once you get the third goal, where, as a, as a defense on the other team, what the hell are you doing? Are you not aware this guy has got a hot hand and he's out on the ice and we probably ought to watch him? And yet, no. <laughs> All alone in front of the net for a tap-in. And it's just like, good God. You know, the Flyers, they, they have the offensive players, but no defense at all. Goaltending horrible. Defense, uh, you know, is more offensively geared. Um, they're forwards, more offensively geared. Yeah, got some got some good talent, but are never gonna never gonna win in the playoffs with that goaltending. They have got to find a goalie. I don't know where they're gonna get one from. Are they gonna have to bring one? You know, gonna have to find one in juniors and nurse them for a year or two to get them up into the pros. But they need a goaltender because their goaltending downright sucks. Then we have the Penguins who. 
They just, you know, there's there's a reason those guys win Stanley Cups. They've got a core of superstars, three or four of them, particularly Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, and Latang, and the rest of their team are pretty much fill-ins. Matt Murray gives up five goals and still gets the win because they score eight. Uh, Malkin is hurt, so Jake Genskill decides to score four goals. Uh, they get them from, you know, Crosby did his thing yesterday, but when their stars don't, every so often they get those goals from those guys that you don't really consider, you know, the big goal-scoring type guys. You know, uh, Jake Gensel gets goals. Connor Sheary gets goals. Rust got a goal. They just seem to come from the, you know, but that's how you win in the playoffs. You're going to stop Crosby and Malkin? Fine. You're going to stop these other nine guys too? Not very often. You know, once in a while you'll get lucky and and pull it off and everybody's cold on the same night. But, uh, you know, that's why that's why Pittsburgh wins cups. And you can hate them. And particularly if you're a Flyer fan, you probably really hate them. But, uh, boy, don't you wish you had a Sidney Crosby on your team? <laughs> I know you do. Everybody does. There's not a team in the league that wouldn't take him in a heartbeat. Um, all right. But the death of the Flyers, they're valiant effort, but not near enough power to beat the Penguins. Washington Capitals, Columbus Blue Jackets. At one point in this series, it was two to nothing for Columbus. They had won both games in overtime in uh, Washington, and we're coming back to Ohio looking pretty. That was Tuesday. Since then, they have lost three games in a row, including one at home, and are on the verge of elimination in Game Six. Actually, they lost two at home. I take that back. Um, John Tortorella has promised us a Columbus win and that they will be back in Washington for Game 7. Part of me would almost like to see that not come true just so I could laugh at John Tortorella. Um, Washington, is, they played well last year. Full credit for the three wins. Are they finally going to break that playoff monkey and uh, get out of the first round when they're supposed to and get a little further or is Columbus going to stick a knife in their backs and kill Washington fans yet again I would love to see that to be honest <laughs> not being a Capitals fan but I think this year they're going to get her done I think Columbus has shot the proverbial load as they say and they got nothing left um, they got a good goalie and he held them in it the last couple of nights. Uh, but uh, I think game six, that's it for them to tonight. I think they're done. And uh, Ovechkin will finally have something to be happy about. And Capitals fans can breathe easy, although I believe they're going to get the Penguins next. So it might not last for long, but enjoy it while you can. That's my prediction. Capitals tonight. And then what I've considered to be the weirdest series, but then, of course, I'm a Leafs fan, uh, Toronto and the Boston. Um, 
since we yapped last on Monday, Toronto won game three in Toronto and lost game four in Boston, went down three to one. Didn't look very good doing it. Uh and then had to win had to win on the road to stay alive. And uh, actually pulled out the four three victory. Although for a minute it looked like they were gonna cough it up out of the last uh, when was it? Uh, 2015, I want to say, when they lost, when they coughed up the 4 1 lead in game seven to Boston. Um, uh, when Boston is playing good and Toronto is playing good, Boston is a better team than Toronto right now. They got a better goal, uh, well, maybe not a better goalie. Uh, they got a little more experience, a little bit better on the back end than Toronto especially in the defensive area. Um, forwards are pretty even and might even give the edge to Toronto there. But if they're both playing good, Boston is a better team. It doesn't necessarily mean Boston's going to win the game that night, but they're a better team. Uh, when Boston plays average and Toronto plays average, Toronto's a better team. Uh, Toronto can beat Boston if Freddie Anderson stands on his head like he did in Game 5. And Boston only has a mediocre effort. Um... I love my Leafs, but I still don't see them winning this series. I think they'll probably win tonight to tie it up, but then they're going to have to go back to Boston and beat the Bruins for the second time, and I don't know that they've got that in them. If they do, and they beat Boston, then the league better look out because that means Toronto has figured something out in their big scheme of things, and that they've... uh, you know, one of the keys to playoff success is learning to overcome adversity, which means they will have done that, and the rest of the league should get nervous at that point because those are the teams you don't want to play. But I'm still going to predict that the Bruins will uh, hold on there and win her in seven. So that leaves us to look at some NHL news. Uh, Today, this morning actually, Calgary Flames named Bill Peters as their new head coach. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Bill Peters is the ex-coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, who, if you go have a look at the standings, have not been too good the last few years. Um, At first glance, my brain goes, what the fuck? Why would they hire this guy so fast? Like, what's this guy bring to the table that they were afraid to let him leave? You know, that in three days he's resigns, and three days later they've signed him up. Um, usually the you know teams will wait to see who else gets the axe. Uh, you know, try to get the best guy who's available. Um, they did say they wanted somebody with a proven. You know, the same thing they always say. We want a proven winner with a track record in the NHL. Well, uh, sadly, Bill Peters is not that. Uh, you know, he took Canada to a gold medal at the World Championships, and he's uh, going to attempt to do that again this year. But let's be honest, um, <laughs> taking a team of of Canadian All-Stars to the World Championships when the rest of the good players are still playing in the NHL, 
really isn't that big a feat. I think a lot of coaches could probably do that. Um, I looked at his his track record in Carolina is not good. Now, granted, Carolina doesn't have a goalie, but either does Calgary. So that sort of makes you wonder, like, what what does Flames management think they have that this guy who posted a record of uh, basically 500 in four years in Carolina, what what does he bring that they suddenly think he is going to turn the Flames into a playoff team? Who you know they were drastic underachievers uh, this year. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think Calgary just doesn't want to hear. Uh, the word rebuild. They've convinced themselves in that city that they have a great defensive core, which uh, I'm not so sure they do. Uh, they don't have a goalie. You know, no knock on Mike Smith, but he's getting old, uh, too too up and down to ride into the playoffs, in my opinion. Um, they got some good players up front. But uh, I'd say they're a long ways from a Stanley Cup contender or any of that nonsense. So, I don't know, people of Calgary, uh, I hope that works out for you because I think it's good for uh, both Alberta teams. Well, first off, I'm an Albertan and second, a Canadian. Uh, So it's good for both those teams, in my opinion, to do well and get into the playoffs. Um, I don't know if they're going to, though. should be interesting to see those two battle it out again this year. Uh, for the dubious honor of being <laughs> the best of the non-Alberta playoff teams. <laughs> no offense, Oiler and Flames fans, but it, it's just too easy. Um, so what do we learn from the first round? Um, so far we've learned that you must be a well-balanced team to succeed in the NHL playoffs. Um, You just cannot do it without having a bit of everything. So teams that are looking to to improve, uh, that's why it's not easy to rebuild. That's why you have to commit to the whole thing, you know, the four- or five-year process. You can't just pick up a player and be great. It just doesn't work that way anymore. The days of getting the superstar sniper at the deadline and pushing into the playoffs are gone unless the game changes Uh, again. It's just not not the way the game is played. It's too grindy. It's too puck movement. It's too up and down for that kind of hockey. Uh, That being said, um, teams don't seem to learn, and (laughs) I said we'll see it again this year where they throw – with uh, John Tavares, who uh, is a good player and would help most teams. But he alone is not the answer. Uh, particularly, I've heard uh, him mentioned uh, in regards to certain teams. Uh, who I don't know if he'd ever go there, but um, like the Montreal Canadiens. Well, yeah, okay, sure, John Tavares is a much better player than then, uh, well, to be honest, probably offensively anyway, in the forward department, uh, better than anybody Montreal has right now. 
But if you put them on the Montreal Canadiens and don't do anything else, Montreal Canadiens aren't going to be. Instead of losing six to one, they're going to lose six to four. You know that's that's not enough. You've got to you got to get John Tavares, and then you got to find a defenseman, and then you need a center, and you know you got to fill in those pieces. It's not easy to do. Um, teams, that's a kind of a with the salary cap and uh, the UFAs and RFAs and all this stuff that's still relatively new in the NHL. Uh, the old school of uh, general managers and stuff is slowly being replaced with a younger crowd and the game will change as that happens. So, with that being said, tonight, on the tube, Bruins at Toronto. Uh, I picked the Leafs. Uh, Capitals at the Blue Jackets. Uh, My uh, heart says Columbus, but my brain says Washington. So, Lord only knows who will win out there. Uh, I don't know if there was any other big NHL news this this week. I don't think so. It was pretty quiet with the playoffs. There's some coaching, um, uh, particularly people are wondering what's going to happen in Carolina with their batshit crazy owner there who who thinks that, uh, or seems to think that everybody gets paid too much. The guy's a billionaire, but uh, doesn't want to pay anybody. And they're already, was, um, I believe it was Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet, who um, was trying to explain that uh, you know they want to, you know, they want to do better, and money's not an issue. But they don't want to spend any more money, and they're already spending fifteen million dollars less than every other team in their division. Well. You know how you how you plan on getting better. <clears throat> Even if you develop talent in house, sure they're cheap for a while. You know that first three year contract is a is a is a gimme, where they can't make more than a million dollars. Then I believe you get the next what I think it's two years on RFA, but then you got to pay. And so I said, even if you're going to develop your talent in house and not trade for it or a free agent did. Um, at some point, you've got to open up the wall if you want to win. Uh, Carolina, let's, let's have a look. This is something we haven't done on the show yet. Let's have a look at the old... Uh, as the playoffs have kind of quieted down with only two games left, to, two series left to be decided. Let's so we'll have a look at Carolina's uh, sorry cap. They already are the second lowest spending team in the league, only behind Arizona. And we all know how bad Arizona is. Um, they have a lot. Oh well, there, Carolina again. The, that's also another another thing. If you can't spend the money or aren't willing to spend the money, um, you can't make any mistakes when you sign players because you don't have the room to you know you don't have the room to buy your way out of the mistake, so to speak. Um, Carolina uh, Hurricanes are spending $7.4 million on two goalies, one of which is 34-year-old Cam Ward, who is actually UFA at the end of this season. So he's a UFA now. And they're on the books for another three years to Scott Darling for $4.1 million. 
which is a ridiculous sum, considering that uh, Scott Darling only played in 43 games this year. <laughs> had a save percentage of .88 and a 3.1 goals against. Um, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs of the world or the Penguins of the world would find a way to bury this guy in the minors. He's still got to pay him, but he doesn't count towards cap anymore. Um, or they find a way to trade him with another guy to somebody else to, just to get rid of him. But Carolina doesn't have that... that uh, Luxury because they can't or won't spend the money. Um, they've thrown. Now, granted, this administration is not there anymore. The people that made these moves are gone. So it's hard to say what they will do moving forward. But um, they've got uh, Jordan Stahl, who's not a horrible player but not a great player either at 30. They have him signed up for another five years at $6 million a year. Uh, Victor Rask, who was an okay player, but I wouldn't consider him to be an upper echelon. What did he do this year? You know, 31 points, you know, middle of the road at best. They got him signed up for another four years at $4 million, which isn't as bad, but still. You know, right there, there's $10 million tied up in two guys who probably aren't deserving of that kind of money. Um, and then they've got a whole bunch of uh, what I would call B players who aren't making huge money, but, you know, 2.7, 2.5. And then they got a whole <laughs> On the back end, they've got three of their defensemen are RFAs. Which means they're gonna have they're gonna have to spend some money, um, but according to their owner, they're not going to. So that's going to be interesting. See how that all plays out. Um, I realize that you know some guys are in it. You know, hockey is a business and a sport, <laughs> and some of the owners are uh, more interested in the in the business end and then they are in the winning and that's fine. I, I get that to some degree. But um I really think uh, as a uh, a team's uh fans and their fan base are owed um, at least some kind of effort from your owner to uh, put on a product that at least somebody'd want to go see. And I think probably all sports have that problem. I'm sure. I know baseball does for sure. Uh, football's got the Cleveland Browns, who, you know, I guess they can't get any worse than 0-16, but I can't even imagine a hockey franchise that never won a game all year. Oh, my God. I don't even know that anybody's – I want to say back in the expansion days, I think the might have been the Capitals – I think uh, one of them anyway. I think they they only won eight games, I believe, in the season. But eight's a far cry from none. Um, anyway, was I saying? You know, you, your fan base deserves that you throw some kind of a product out on the ice. Um, and it's definitely harder to take when the, um, the uh, top end of the uh, salary cap is seventy five million or seventy seven or whatever it was. 
and uh, your Arizona Coyotes spend them 58. So you have 16 million dollars under the cap, where you could, yeah, I mean, okay, maybe you don't want to spend it all, but you could go spend seven or eight million and try to get a good player in there, or you know, make a trade, uh, do something to get some young players, and you got the money to pay them, so do it. Uh, you don't want to be, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> then it's the trick there is to get good players. You don't want to be the Edmonton Oilers, who. Um, by shitty math, I'm not paying attention. Uh, have made a f- few god awful signings, and now find themselves. You know they had eight million dollars worth of cap this year, but they couldn't spend it because Mr. Connor McDavid's big contract starts up next year, and that money's all gone, and they 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 couldn't even use it for a year. Well, I guess they could have on a one year, but then it had to have found room for. Um, you know, Connor McDavid only made nine hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars last year, and you know, probably a couple million more in bonuses. But as far as cap hit went, it was only it wasn't even a million dollars. Next year, he's twelve point five. So you know, right there, bang, they've got to come up with twelve million dollars in cap space that they didn't have this year. So somebody's got to go. Um, they've got way too many guys on long contracts. Who, you know, we could talk all day about the Milan Lucic contract. Um, too much, too long for too much. Uh, the Leon Dreisaitl contract uh, is definitely for too long. Um, too much, maybe too early to tell yet on whether that was a waste of 8.5 or not. He was decent this year, but not. He wasn't 8.5 million worth of player. Um, Hopkins at six million is too much money for what you get back. Um, and then they've got some defensemen that uh, God only knows why Oscar Kleffbaum is getting four million dollars a year, or why Chris Russell is getting four million dollars a year. And I'm even, to be honest, I'm even more mystified at why Cam Talbot's getting four million dollars a year. But regardless, <clears throat> those contracts have been made. And now the Oilers are going to try to figure out a way to get out from underneath that money. And I don't know if there's going to be some trades in Edmonton, maybe a buyout. I don't know how willing their owner is to to spend money off the books, so to speak. But uh, they're going to have to do something because the math just doesn't work itself out there. But, you know, to go back to... Uh, Spending, I mean, it's, you know, the general manager has to be a smart guy for a reason. And that's why the bad ones ruin teams really fast. It doesn't take much. You know, nobody uh, two years ago or three years ago or whatever it was, I think two years ago, when Edmonton signed Lucic, everybody was just like, oh, excellent. Oh, just what they need. Nobody's going to push the Oilers around anymore. You know, people still push the Oilers around and, uh, I mean, I'm not blaming necessarily blaming Milan Lucic for all of it. I mean, I think he is what he is, and I don't think those people who were actually in the hockey world are all that surprised that he is what he is. But uh, he was going to save the Edmonton Oilers at one time. And now I think most fans would be, in all honesty, probably be happy to see him go just because of the cap space, not for any other reason. 
but such is life in the NHL. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything more that we really need to kick around. Um, so far, the first round has been pretty good, uh, minus the two four straighters. I never like to see a never like to see four O's. I always like to see the uh, the uh, teams really earn it. You know, at least five gamers. Six is even better. So everybody everybody gets a chance to go out there and show their stuff. But uh, sometimes it happens. And what can you do? Um, yeah, I think that's going to be about it. So it's Monday, April twenty third. Uh, we'll probably have two more series decided tonight and definitely by the time we talk again next Monday the will be uh, maybe even into round two to, unless somebody goes seven uh, I guess they wouldn't play till Wednesday well they probably yeah there'll probably be games by the weekend so we should be into round two by by next Monday um, uh, here on the Wide Men Podcast Network of course there is uh, Wednesday uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, the uh, much-celebrated, much-talked-about Wide Men Can't Jump NBA podcast, flagship, uh, hell of a show. Anybody who likes basketball has got to listen to it. And if you're only a mediocre basketball fan, probably still listen to it because it's pretty funny. And they have some really good uh, educated guests on that show. Friday, I believe, is the new day for the Tim and Tom show. Uh, usually it's either at 8 or 9 Eastern, depending. But in there somewhere, depending on our schedules. Um, that's the show that if you are easily offended, you probably don't want to listen to. Unless you're one of those guys who gets his kicks out of getting mad, in which case come and listen. Uh, we're not politically correct. We're both too damn old. Uh, we're both not snowflake millennials. Um, we say what we think. Uh, we make crude, offensive jokes. Uh, we tend not to get too dirty, uh, but we do get a bit dirty. We get a bit R. Um, but like I say, there is no political correctness on our show. We say what's on our minds and what we think, and we're not afraid uh, if you hate us or block us on Twitter, or all that stuff. Uh, we don't care, because we want it to be, have an honest, truthful show. Uh, you know, share some of the jokes, our tongue-in-cheek, and, you know, Tom and I, neither of us are racist, or gay haters, but in the same breath, we'll, we'll still make jokes about all of that stuff, because we think it's funny, and because we're old, uh, we get a pass. Millennials, too bad, go to your safe spaces. You know, I don't care. Uh, and then Sunday, there's the Sunday night roundtable, where Tom, Tim, and Nate Bush, the other NBA expert, yeah, we get together and just basically talk the shit about the week and you know what might have went on, what didn't go on, kind of beat around the bush to be quite honest, kind of just three buddies sitting there at the table uh, talking some shit. But people seem to enjoy that too. So that's uh, Sunday usually pretty late, so you might want to catch that one uh, once it drops the next morning. But uh, still, a show worth listening to. Um, with that being said, 
all ideas uh, welcome here at the uh, Weidman uh, Podcast Network. Um, anybody's got a, maybe an idea or two about what they'd like to hear on the show, or for a new show for that matter, uh, drop us a line on the uh, Facebook or on the Twitter. We've got Twitter machine. Uh, Tom's pretty active in the old Twitter, so he'll see it and pass it on. Um, and with that, I think maybe we'll knock off early today because there's no point in filling the air with nonsense. So this is Tim from the Great White North. Uh, hope everybody enjoys the games tonight, and uh, I'll see you next week. Have a good one, boys. <laughs>